What makes Rose Cleaners the best in dry cleaning? They do my laundry the way I like it. The wonderful customer service. Personal quality. I have some things I like done with my clothes that I ask for, and it's always done. They do good work. I just love Rose Cleaners. Very excellent customer service, and uh, they've made me very happy since I've been here. They've got friendly employees when you walk in, and um, they haven't lost any of my clothes in 19 years. Rose Cleaners, serving San Antonio for over 20 years. And now a word from one of our Bible Live sponsors. Our company is so proud and excited to sponsor the Bible Live. As a businessman, I have to make decisions every day about how to best invest time, personnel, and resources for the best return and results. The scriptures say there are two things on earth that will last forever, God's word and the souls of people. It's my hope that you, your family, your church, and perhaps even your business will pray about giving a tax-deductible donation to the Bible Live at this time. Together, let's expand this historic broadcast of the scriptures to other cities across our nation, a sound investment for both time and eternity. You can donate by credit card at the Bible Live website www.thebiblelive.com or mail your check for the Bible Live to P.O. Box 18888 That's P.O. Box 18888 San Antonio, Texas 78218 Hi, I'm Eric Galindo Training Director for the FSI Training School For individuals and businesses we offer certification courses in CPR and First Aid through the American Heart Association and also the Vehicle Safety Inspector course for the Texas Department of Public Safety. Courses are available every week for your convenience. Call me, Eric, at 210-314-2615. That's 210-314-2615. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. All right, here we are. Woohoo! Thanking you for joining us tonight for The Bible Live, the quiz show. My good friend Jacob is not with us this evening. He's taking a well-deserved rest. I don't think he's taking a night off, John. What? Forever, almost. Kind of like me, right? We're just always here. And he's uh, over in, I believe, in Arizona with his uh, son. And this is, uh, of course, Rosh Hashanah, the 10 days leading up to uh, uh, Yom Kippur. And so he's over there with his family, and they're having a great time. And I'm I'm hoping he's just really enjoying himself and relaxing. That guy needs to relax. They're not all as gifted at Soapy Dollar is ignoring the... The difficulties and trials and tribulations of life, and just relaxing. I'm a, <laughs> I've grown a little mellow in my old life, on my old age here, and uh, Jacob's still pretty intense. He really like likes life, and he's busy about it. But I hope he's getting a little time to relax these days and enjoy 
that grand boy of his and that beautiful family. Anyway, that leaves us here in San Antonio for the Bible Live, the quiz show tonight. Our reading passage was the almost the very last chapters of the last part of the book of Ezekiel, chapters 22 through 40 this past week. And as I've mentioned many times before, this book always puzzles me to some extent, the book of Ezekiel. I I like it. I admire it. He's a neat guy. Ezekiel was a really interesting individual. Uh, He spent 22 years on the streets of Babylon. He was a street preacher. He was a very gifted artist. He was an actor, uh, you know, dramatic actor. He was a a musician. He... uh, did a lot of unusual things in, in, in using a drama and theater in his preaching and his messages. But he is a contemporary of Jeremiah, while Jeremiah is over in Israel warning the last uh, kings of Israel and guiding them and trying to convince them to trust God and to yield to their um their judgment, their punishment that God was bringing upon them because of their disobedience and to just take it and relax and walk through it and God would restore them. But they just wouldn't pay any attention to Jeremiah there and they uh, didn't want to hear from God. They didn't want to hear the message that Jeremiah was bringing. And so he went through a great deal of difficulty. We've already read the book of Jeremiah this year and talked about this uh, weeping prophet called Jeremiah. Well, at the same time, he was over there in Jerusalem delivering that message. Uh, This young man, Ezekiel, was over in Babylon delivering more more or less the same message to the people of Israel. And um, so we're going to be talking more about Ezekiel, particularly these latter chapters. Ezekiel goes into great detail describing uh, this... this, um, temple that is going to be built and a lot of theories abound about what the temple is is it an idealized temple just using uh, the elements and the aspects of the temple to create a message to create to sermonize about the idealized uh, temple or is it an actual temple that was going to be rebuilt or used in some way Um, I've heard different theories and different uh, ideas on it uh, I don't really know. I have to admit, admit that um, I don't know. It, it kind of serves in any of those ways as a good message, as a good teaching message for us. So um, anyway, w- one of the things we're going to do, too, is biblical archaeology review. Remember, we interviewed a young lady named Sarah uh, about, what, two or three weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago. She was from the Biblical Archaeology Review uh, magazine. It's it's more than a magazine. It's actually a journal, a, a, a scholarly journal about archaeology and all things biblical. And they're actually going to have their conference or convention here in San Antonio in November, in the uh, latter part of November. And we have given away some tickets for some of our listeners to go and enjoy that and to be able to participate and hear some of the lectures and hear, see some of the great presentations. And uh, we're staying in touch with you to encourage you. Uh, if you have won some of those tickets, and maybe if you're not going to visit, then I want to encourage you to maybe think of your pastor or think of someone you know that really would benefit and be greatly interested because in it, it's a very, very unique opportunity 
to go and hear. I think there were 20, some 22 or more uh, just really world-renowned archaeologists who are going to be present. They're going to be writing papers, giving presentations. Uh, and there's some very interesting things having gone on. We've talked about a few of them in the la- just these last few days. Uh, there was this just remarkable discovery over at the University of uh, I <laughs> uh, just had a little brain. Uh, Kentucky or Tennessee? I can't remember which one. Um, that they've learned to use almost like an MRI machine that they you know they use with people. They put this this burnt scroll through it, and it kind of went through by slices. Did a um, thorough exam of the scroll, all rolled up and burnt. By the way, charcoal black. And then they went through it, and they took the photo, and they digitally unrolled it. They couldn't unroll the real scroll because it would crack and crumble and be destroyed, but they were able to digitally unroll the uh, scroll that they had um, photographed, in a sense, using the MRI. And then, of course, they did some kind of a process to be able to bring out the letters that were there, had been there originally. And so we have uh, some of the earliest copies of the book of Leviticus uh, that way, which is a tremendous discovery because we now we'll be able to uh, look. I think it took it back maybe around a thousand years plus uh, further back than we'd ever had extant copies of the book of Leviticus. And we get to see, did it change dramatically? Were there these total um, overhauls of the text over that period of time, or did it remain essentially the same? And, and the the verdict so far has been it remained essentially the same. Very, very little difference or change, which is a great uh, development for those who believe in the authenticity, the reliability, and even even the inspiration of the Scriptures as being of God himself, the Word of God. So uh, very interesting things, and we'll... We'll kind of try to stay up with those. If you'd like to go to uh, biblicalarchaeology.org, biblicalarchaeology.org, you can check out some of these stories and some of the things that they've been studying and researching. Uh, So uh, you can do that. And tonight we're going to try to give away four annual subscriptions to Biblical Archaeology Review. So during the hour, if you'd like to call in, uh, we'll, we'll ask some questions coming out of the book of Ezekiel. And uh, these twenty-two chapters, twenty-two through forty, and give you a chance to uh, win this uh, a subscription, a year's subscription to Biblical Archaeology Review. So give us a call three four zero ninety five eighty five three forty ninety five eighty five, and then uh, of course, if you'd like to uh, talk to us about anything biblical, maybe there's some things on your mind about the Bible, about the God of the Scriptures, about Jesus Christ, the Messiah, about Old or New Testaments, as we call them, um, you can uh, give us a call. We can talk about it together. I'd be glad to visit with you. And uh, over the years now, 45 years on the mission field and 45 years involved in, in, in ministry, many years even before that, walking with the Lord and a, a sincere, devout student of the Scriptures and all, and uh, um, uh, uh, trying to answer questions about the Bible, so I've got a few years under the um, uh, under my sails here, working and answering questions and trying to help people work through things. Um, obviously, don't know it all. Still learning a lot from people and from discussions. But if you'd like to call in and maybe 
have a question for us, then you could give us a call and we'll visit with you and give you a chance as well to win one of these subscriptions, free subscription to Biblical Archaeology Review. Let me put a couple of questions out there. We've already got one listener on the on the call line uh, on hold. You can give us a call as well, 340-9585, 340-9585. And let me give you a, two or three questions here just that uh, you can call in if you'd like to uh, win our prizes. Now, we do also read through the year the Psalms and the Proverbs as part of our, our reading schedule called the Wisdom and Worship segment. So I'll ask you a couple of questions by um, uh, from the Psalms. Let's go to Psalm 119, which also parallels a passage in the book of John, chapter 14, in the New Testament. Uh, but uh, it's kind of been on my mind today as well, this question. According to Psalm 119, verse 167, we're talking about Psalm 119, verse 67. According to that that psalm, how does one grow to love God's word, to love God's laws, to love God's decrees? What is the process? How do we come to love God's decrees? Uh, I was thinking about that myself on the way in tonight because of a, I'm part of a group that met tonight over in a historic part of the city where the uh, river the San Antonio River is born and it comes up out of the ground. And uh, we had it's over the over actually hundreds of years. Uh, the um, it has been a place of meeting and there have been a number of great spiritual uh, events, spiritual awakenings, spiritual developments in this particular park here in our city. And uh, so as part of a group tonight that was there praying and asking God to meet us, they're going to be a, an emphasis over the next 10 days to seek God's face and to ask God to bless and restore us as his people, to bless our city. Uh, so, uh, you know, some some really devoted and committed intercessors showed up, and we had a great time of prayer, probably a couple hundred of us uh, tonight in there in the park. And um, so I was thinking about this on the way back, about the idea that how, are we, how do we grow to love God with all of our heart, mind, and strength? You know, we're... We're commanded to do that, and Jesus, the Messiah, tells us that it's it's the greatest commandment: love the Lord your God with all your heart, uh, mind, and strength. And so I, I was kind of wondering how do how does that develop? And you can look in John chapter fourteen. There's a good uh, verse there, a passage about how do we grow in God to love God, truly love Him. Well, here's a companion passage, Psalm one nineteen. How do we learn to grow? How do we learn to love God's laws, his decrees? So look at that, Psalm 119, verse 167. And here's a question for you from Psalm 121. Psalm 121 asked this question, very interesting, I think. God never gets tired, we're told in that passage. Psalm 121, verse 4. What else does God never do? <laughs> God never gets tired. Now, I know you're going to try to call in just off the top of your head and say, oh, God never sins, you know, or God never does this. I'm not asking you to make up your answer. You know, I guess you could take a shot in the dark and try to get it. But uh, actually, we're looking for the answer that's in that passage. So Psalm 121, verse 4, God never gets tired. And what else does he never do? All right. Now let's go to the book of Ezekiel. 
Let me ask you maybe two or three questions from the book. Um, Let's look at this question. Maybe this comes right out of the Archaeology Review, uh, actually. Ezekiel predicted in his uh, book that in chapter 26, he predicted that the city of Tyre, uh, Tyre and Sidon, there are two cities that are just to the northwest of Israel. They're on the banks of the um, Mediterranean Sea there. Two great, great cities, a very powerful uh, city-states and very powerful trade e- economically. They, they benefit a lot from being from being there on the shore uh, and the trade that was opened up by being there at the at that end of the Mediterranean. But um, Ezekiel predicted that the city of Tyre would be utterly destroyed. Now, this is a big, huge, major, powerful city. It would be utterly destroyed, and get this, never rebuilt. What two emperors did God use to fulfill this prophecy of Ezekiel? Ezekiel predicted that the city of Tyre, the mighty, rich city of Tyre, would be utterly destroyed. Uh, In fact, he talks about not one stone remaining on on top of another. Utterly destroyed and never rebuilt. Chapter 26 of the book of Ezekiel. And historically, what two emperors did God use to fulfill this prophecy? Uh, That's not a biblical question so much as a uh, kind of a historical question. Uh, There's part of it that biblically we can get. Uh, the first person, the first emperor, but the second one uh, is not there in the biblical. But we have it in the, the historical record for sure. Um, let's see here. Now, there's another question uh, that's it's something that opens up a whole uh, realm of questions and observations from the chapter 28 of Ezekiel. Ezekiel describes the king of Tyre in terms that could not apply to a mere mortal, a mere man. He may have been talking about the defeat and judgment of the proud and wicked spiritual enemy behind Tyre's sin and that was behind the earthly emperor of Tyre. So Ezekiel describes the king of Tyre. He has this passage where he, he starts describing this man. But clearly in the passage, if you read it, you'll see that he changes his tone and his and his the object of his uh, um, preaching goes beyond what could be applied to merely a person, a human being, a man. And so many uh, have thought that this is uh, Ezekiel is talking about who some spiritual enemy behind the emperor of Tyre or the behind the wickedness of the, the uh, city state of Tyre to about whom was Ezekiel um, some in some people's minds about whom was Ezekiel speaking. That's Ezekiel chapter 28. The same thing can be said for um, uh, Isaiah. I think in, in chapter 14, I'll look that up in just a moment. Isaiah does the same kind of thing in his book. He starts out describing and condemning um, Nebuchadnezzar, but then he ends up, and if you look in the context of it, he, he changes tone, he changes uh, his... His uh, it seems that who he's talking to goes beyond just being about a mortal human being. And he seems to be addressing some uh, spiritual being 
that behind backing up the king of of uh, Babylon. Anyway, the same kind of uh, idea in Isaiah, I believe, is chapter fourteen. So uh, let me see one more question: What does the name Ezekiel, Ezekiel? What does the name the name Ezekiel mean? All right, maybe you have. Um, those are pretty tough questions, aren't they? Really, now that I think about it, um, that you have to be quite a scholar to get them. I better get some be- a, a little easier question in here somewhere. Oh, um, let's let's look at this one. Oh, I love that question, but I'm going to use another one right now. In Ezekiel chapter 37, Ezekiel chapter 37, God uses uh, the picture, a, a vision of a valley. A valley full of dry bones, skeletons, dry bones. And he uses that vision of this valley full of dry bones to communicate his intention to restore Israel. How how did the vision of full of dry bones communicate his intention to restore Israel? All right. There you go. There you have uh, one, two, three, four, five, six questions from the Psalms. And then four from the book of Ezekiel. If you'd like to call in and answer any of those questions or take a shot at them, I've given you the passage where the uh, the answer is found in each case. So you can look it up. It's an open book quiz. Give us a call, 340-9585, and we will put you on the line here and let you answer the question and let you be a winner of a free subscription to the Biblical Archaeology Review. First up tonight is Harold. How are you doing, Harold? Good to hear from you. What's going Hello, on? Hello, uh, Toby Dollar. It's Harold. You remember. I sure right? you remember, I remember Harold? Harold. What's going yeah. on in your world, yeah. kiddo? You remember. Well, I just come back from um, from Temple Bethel. All right. My wife kind of made me go, you know how you've got some things you don't want to do sometimes. Yeah. But yeah. even even in the Jewish life, she says, we got to go do this. You're so, you know, man. it's 5577, five, seven, you know, the Jewish New Year. And you know what? I'm going to break down and answer a question about what God doesn't ever want to do or what something like that. Yeah. What does I, he never... It, we're told that he... Let me see. Let me see. Let me Hang on a second. I'm not sure what he was... T- but I know he what, he never, what he got mad at once. He said he never Is gets that, tired... Hmm? He never gets tired, and what else does he never do? Well, okay, maybe I, I misunderstood, but the only thing I have on that is that he doesn't like anyone numbered. That's the only thing I can eat off the Very top of my good. head. It's a yeah. good guess, and you actually may be well, right. Well, that's actually true. That, yeah, that's oh, actually, yeah, he didn't like it true. when David uh, did that number thing. He doesn't want and, anybody and, re- reduced to a number, does he? Right, and guess how many people were at the temple tonight? I uh, don't know, and I'm not going to guess. I didn't. I, it's it's not a number. It was a full house. Oh, See, that's, that's the way great. that works. There you go. And and you know, I wanted to say something. You know, I, I just maybe one more thing. I was at uh, uh, the Torah study Saturday morning, and I was really getting involved. And a lady that sits next to me says, "How you know?" Just quietly, she says, "You just remind me of Psalms chapter." 27 you know when you go home and read that uh-huh. and i said and i said well you know and just by chance you're talking about that and she says 27 remind 
that she thinks that relates to me. And so I did read the, you know, the small chapter. Uh-huh. And if you didn't mind, you know, I have been going to the Antioch Baptist Church uh-huh. for a while, and, and I miss going over there because I've been waiting to be healed 100% before I go back. I've been calling them, telling them I'm not feeling good. Uh-huh. Well, you know what? That ain't the way the Lord works. I'm going to have to go with a headache or no matter what. <laughs> but, you know, honestly, I am feeling so much better. Well, I'm glad and, to hear that. Um, what, is it I, I Psalm, read, what is it about Psalm 27 yes. that reminded her of you? She just said the whole chapter. But as I read it, and I would like to do it, read it in the King James Version in honor of Pastor Kemp, because he reads from the pulpit from the King James Version, and it it takes me back to my childhood. If you don't mind, let's not read the the whole chapter. It's pretty long. No, no, sir. sir. What verse chapters you you want to focus on? Just just 27, uh, verse 4. Okay. Where it says, and this stuck out to me as, as, as where I'm at right now in my life. From the King James to honor Pastor Kim. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. And I would say, don't wait till you're an old man to get involved with God. I mean, it's, it works, too, but you're really missing out. Anytime is a good time, but the earlier the better. I get you, brother. Thanks for calling in, Harold. There's our music we've got to take out. And by the way, Harold's answer was a good answer, but it wasn't the right answer about what, what else God doesn't do. 340-9585. We'll be right back. I want you to meet my friends at the Laptop Specialist. Pioneers since 1982 in serving the military, business, and personal computing needs of our city. Our ministry depends a lot on our computers. And whether it's repairs, service, upgrades, or even the purchase of a new machine, the James family and their great staff keep our equipment working, freeing us to do what we're called to do. Go to thelaptopspecialist.net or call 344-4563. 344-4563 for their two locations. The Laptop Specialist. Dr. Stan Shelton with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway has taken care of the Dollar family that Suzanne and me plus our three children for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to drshelton.com or call 590-7878. Well, Elizabeth and I went to Express Lube, and our experience was fabulous. We got in and out of there in literally 20 minutes. When we went to work and we had got our oil done before, it took us two hours. The service was very friendly. You can really trust them. They were super courteous. They vacuumed out the entire front of the car, which was surprising. I didn't Very expect nice. they receive that kind of service. And their name is their game. Express Lube is accurate for the name of their store. And with 23 stores, there's an Express Lube near you. Nature's Factor carpet cleaning expert, Shayla James. What makes Nature's Factor better than the older carpet cleaning processes? Older systems saturate your carpet, leaving your space unusable, sometimes for up to a day because of their long dry times, plus leaving you with the risk of fungus and the dangerous chemicals left in your carpet. With Nature's Factor, our quick dry time makes your home or office space usable almost immediately, while our green solutions eliminate the possibility of fungus and are perfectly safe for your children and pets. Nature's Factor, carpet cleaning for the 21st century, 831-3535. 
Get your daily devotional, podcasts of your favorite programs, station and community events, and featured articles on a number of issues Christians need to know about, all in one place. KSLR.com. That's KSLR.com. Praise you in the morning, praise you in the evening, when I'm young and when I'm old. Praise you when I'm laughing, praise you when I'm grieving, never sees another soul. If we could see how much you're worth, how your mind This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. And we are back thanking you for joining us, as always. Appreciate you being a part of the program. Give us a call, 340-9585. If maybe you have a question that you'd like to talk about here with uh, the Soapster, and we could talk about the Bible. We can talk about um, what it means to know and follow God and, and what kind of the, what's where you are in your spiritual journey and what you're learning uh, as you seek the idea of, of a relationship being made right with God and so on. Uh, maybe you have questions about specifically about the Bible, the redemptive story of the Bible, or about the historic aspect of the Bible, some of the stories. I don't know what it might be, but we'd be glad to visit with you about what's on your heart and what's on your mind. And Oh, I might as well throw in as well, you might have a question about how does the Bible apply today. You know, this is a... These are remarkable times. I guess anybody says that the times they live in are remarkable. I suppose there's not been ever a time of history that's been maybe particularly and totally boring. Uh, but this, uh, we, without a doubt, we're living in some very unusual times in here in the in the nation of America, the United States of America, in our national development, been some radical, definite radical changes in the direction of our country. Most Americans say they don't believe we're on the right track, but I have, nobody has a clue what they mean by that because we turn around and around and uh, elect <laughs> our leaders that take us in the same direction. So we don't really know uh, exactly what people mean, but maybe you've got a comment or a thought about what's going on in our world, in our nation, even in our city today, and uh, you want to talk about it. You can give us a call, 340-9585. And speaking of that, let's go ahead and go to our phone lines. I can hit the right button here. We have Derwin. I think his name is Derwin on the line. How are you, friend? I'm fine. How about yourself? Did I get the name right, Derwin? (laughs) Am I saying it correctly? Exactly. All right. I was thinking our, our good friend Darwin, you know, and I thought, well, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe but I, I get that. Yeah, I get that often. But yeah, but Darwin, that's it. Good for you, kiddo. Well, I'm glad to hear from you. What's on your mind? Did you want to answer maybe one of our questions or have something else you want to talk about? Yeah, well, I, I actually, um, this was the first time I heard the show. I was just driving somewhere to go get some information, and I, I um, was turning the radio station, and I heard the question. Um, I think I can answer maybe one or both, but the one about the spiritual being in Ezekiel, I believe he's talking about Lucifer, the son of the morning. Yes, or, indeed. You got it exactly right. Where's my, oh, there it is. <laughs> I've got a little uh, signal here to, to reward you for the right answer. Yay, you got it. That, that's, our sound, that's our sound effect for the tonight, Derwin. So we, we were All right. Good job. A lot, of people, a lot of people think that in that passage, Ezekiel 28, that 
Uh, he seems to be talking about a, a mortal man, a king, the king of Tyre. But then there's, if you read it carefully, there's a change of tone, and it looks like he's talking about a spiritual being, not not um, not a mortal man. And, and a lot of people interpret that, that it might be him talking about how Satan came about and the idea that he was a, a fallen angel and uh, that he and a third of the angels fell, uh, rebelled against God, and, and uh, in his pride and his arrogance was cast from God's presence and became uh, uh, Satan that we know to now is uh, the great accuser, the enemy of the uh, the people of God, God and the people of God. So anyway, uh, how do you look at that passage? Do, are you pretty much at peace with that interpretation, or do you see it differently? No, I mean, I agree with what you just said. I mean, it, it gets very descriptive about this person, and on some of the, or many of the attributes that are ascribed to him, it would be impossible for, um, a, I think, in my humble opinion, uh-huh. for a person to conclude that they're talking about a mortal being. Yeah, that's why we, we get it. the same thing. Uh, Isaiah, I think, does the same thing. I believe it's chapter 14. I'll look that up in just a minute. Uh, uh-huh. He does the same thing. He's talking about the great emperor Nebuchadnezzar of the Babylonians, and he he essentially paints the same scenario that uh, Satan, that Lucifer, son of the morning, this beautiful angel, uh, one of the three archangels mis- list, mis- uh, listed in the Bible. Do you, can you name the other two archangels, uh, Derwin? Yeah, Gabriel. I mean, the ones that are mentioned, Gabriel and Michael. And Michael, the warrior, Gabriel, the messenger, yes. And in, and in Lucifer, right. evidently there's some... It's hard to kind of pin down exactly his place, what he what he his function he was great pains were taken to mention his beauty so people have identified lucifer with beauty with art with music uh and and a certain intimacy with god uh so they thought maybe he was uh kind of in charge in the worship uh, around the throne of god kind of a personal attache or something like that uh it's you know people have taken um given some good analysis uh, I heard one preacher say, uh, he, in fact, he was a preacher from our, Jack. Um, he was a great pastor of First Baptist Church, Castle Hills, uh, probably 30, 35 years ago even. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe I'll get his name in a minute. But he wrote a book called The Hallelujah Factor, Jack Taylor. Jack Taylor. Okay. And he called The Hallelujah Factor. And he kind of postulated, and I'm sure it wasn't original with Jack, but uh, it's the first one I had read it from and that that perhaps part of the redemptive plan part of the reason god created the human race and is calling out of the human race a people for himself you know i will be their god they will be my people part of that in his idea was that we are replacing that worshiping function the city and that's why you know the church is a singing church a worshiping church and that we are in some way are, are called out and we are replacing the function of of uh, Lucifer, that, which is an interesting sort of a, and he gave some passages that seem to indicate, uh, you know, that the, the great animosity between Satan and, and God's people, and the, you know, in the church and so. Mm-hmm. So it's it's well, an interesting, yeah. um, it's a yeah. really interesting area to to, uh, to think about. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I I don't know if I would subscribe to the church replacing it. I mean, as I understand it, all of creation. Um, worships the Lord. I believe those angels that that are still faithful and following after the Lord, those two thirds that remain, uh-huh. you know, worship and sing unto sure. the Lord too. But definitely, 
I, I do believe that, that praise or worship has just always been part of the experience of the creation that's connected to God, Those who, you know, and, um, and yeah, I'm yeah, sure Satan has a big issue with that, excellent. <laughs> you know, so yeah, but, um, but I, I, I agree, um, with that, but I had, I had never heard that particular assertion, you know, that, uh, that, um, that the church was replacing that, but yeah, it, no, it's it, definitely it's something called, I would look into. The Bible, the book is called <laughs> The Hallelujah Factor. It may be out of print now. Right. I'm sure you can find it somewhere, but The Hallelujah Factor. And, and Jack was a really good, godly pastor. He wasn't sort of a, you know, a fringe, you know, kind of off the wall guy. Uh, and he has some pretty good thoughts. And it's, uh, it, it uh, not a great deal rises or falls with the idea. In other words, it doesn't, you know, make or break our, our, relationship with god or salvation or anything but it's uh it is uh interesting and it does explain at least in some way it talks about how that god's people have always been a worshiping singing rejoicing uh, people and and how it just seems yeah. a part of our nature as god's people to sing uh-huh. and rejoice and so on uh maybe you'll, yeah. you'll enjoy looking it up hey you answered a question right derwin tonight and so you have earned if you would like it uh you have earned a free year's subscription to Biblical Archaeology Review. It'll be sent to your home, uh, I, I believe, on a quarter wow. monthly basis. I, Would you like that? That's awesome. I didn't even know that. I just, <laughs> I was just, you know, like I said, just driving out and about and just thought I would call to participate just for the joy of it. Sure. Now, that is a, that is a blessing. That well, is well a you'll blessing enjoy it. It is a great journal, and it's uh, great photos uh, of, of Archaeological digs, great stories of what they're doing and discovering. I don't know you'll enjoy it for sure. We talked with one of the editors of the uh, Biblical Archaeology Review. They're going to have a conference, a convention here in San Antonio in November, the 19th through the 21st. And so we were visiting with them, and they uh, they gave us some scri- sub- annual subscriptions to give away. So I'd love to gift that with you. If you'll stay on the, stay on the line, don't hang up now. Uh, I'm going to turn you over to um, uh, John, and he's going to get the information so we can... Uh, mail that to you if that's all right with you yeah excellent i appreciate it and and god bless you thank you for everything that you're doing it we're enjoying it immensely having fun and you're the ones that make it happen by calling uh, calling in and being a part of the program thank you very much derwin i've got you on hold don't hang up talk to uh, john and he'll take down the information to get your prize mailed to you you can do the same thing give us a call three four zero Ninety-five, eighty-five, just like Derwin did. He called in and identified from Ezekiel chapter 28 that uh, this is one of the two passages that we that are used and referred to when it comes to talking about how Satan came to be Satan, how he, he began as an angel of light, Lucifer, uh, one of the three archangels mentioned in Scripture, Michael, Gabriel, and Lucifer. Uh, he began well, but then he, in his arrogance and he pride, he says, I will ascend to Mount Zion. I will sit on the throne. I will, I will, I will. And it, you know, the middle letter of the word sin is I. And, <laughs> and so Lucifer then became Satan, cast from God's presence, and now uh, is used of God uh, in, for, in, in a very interesting way, is part of the even of the redemptive plan, part of God's dealings with His people, uh, is using uh, Lucifer. You know, in the same way that God often used even the uh, faithless, uh, rebellious 
uh, Pharaoh of Egypt. Uh, he also used Nebuchadnezzar. He used uh, um, other Cyrus, uh, the emperor of the uh, Medo-Persian Empire. He often used men of, without faith, but he used them to serve his purposes and to further his purposes. You could even go to the New Testament with Herod, uh, with Pilate. These men, w- w- they did what they did, and they were wrong and rebellious, and their hearts were not right with God, but he uses them uh, in, without uh, violating their free will, but God it uses them to further his redemptive purposes and plans. What a, what a amazing thing that God has done in, in that way. So um, Darren has earned a prize for the archaeological review uh, that we have. Oh, Derwin has won a prize as well. He's, you got him? Yeah. Okay, you got the information. Okay, that's it? Is he went back on or is he? No, okay, all right. Derwin has, has won that prize. You can uh, give us a call as well, 340-9585, and we'll uh, take your call. Let me read some questions. We said, according to Psalm 121, verse 4, it says that God never gets tired, and it mentions something else that God never does. <laughs> it may be, you may consider it a little, little uh, silly, but it's it's right there in the passage. So you can look it up and call in. God never gets tired, and he never does something else. Um, now, according to Psalm 119, verse 167, Psalm 119, 167, how does one grow to love God's decrees, God's laws, God's commandments. Uh, how do you learn to love them? Uh, very interesting, the process, and it's mentioned right there in Psalm 119. Psalm 119 was, a, it's, I believe, the longest psalm in the, um, in the psalms, all of them. It's the longest chapter. And uh, I think, what, 150 verses, somewhere around that. And almost every verse has to do with the Scriptures, with the Bible, and it's a very, uh, it's a very interesting things about Psalm one nineteen. Uh, even even if you read Hebrew, you would find that every chapter uh, in the book of Psalm one hundred nineteen, in that chapter, every section starts with a different Hebrew letter. Uh, the first eight verses are from the uh, of the book of Psalm one nineteen. Every verse starts with. Aleph, uh, in other words, the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And and then you go from verse 9 through 16, the next eight verses, every verse starts with the letter Beth in the he- Hebrew alphabet and, and so forth. Aleph, Beth, Gimel, uh, Daleth, and so on, on through the uh, entire Hebrew alphabet, which is kind of interesting. Of course, if it was in English, we'd go, wow, that's pretty amazing. But since we don't, we don't kind of catch it, uh, when it's translated to our English language, we don't get that that aspect of it. But it does remind us remind us that the Psalms were artistic. They were they were uh, they were interesting in their in their structure, uh, many of them, and in, in their rhyme and in their rhythm. And of course, in this case, uh, the first letter of of every verse being from the same letter all the way through Psalm one hundred nineteen. But the the question I have for you there is. Uh, how does one grow to love God's laws? Almost every verse has to do with God's words, and it uses God's word. It uses a lot of different different phrases, decrees, commandments, um, God's laws, God's word, um, 
and it paints pictures and uses almost every verse has to do with the beauty, the power the, uh, that God's word has and what it has to offer us as God's people. So a very interesting, uh, very interesting chapter in the Bible. Uh, let's go down to the book of Ezekiel. This is a historical question, actually. Ezekiel predicted that the great city of Tyre would be utterly destroyed and that it would never be rebuilt. Uh, in chapter 26 of Ezekiel, what two emperors did God use to fulfill that prophecy? God used two secular emperors uh, as part of uh, the plan to f- fulfill that prophecy that Tyre would be utterly destroyed. Now, I'll give you a little bit of a hint here. And I'll paint a picture of the city of Tyre for you. Tyre was a city uh, on the coast, and half of the city was on the mainland, and half of the city was on an island uh, separated from the mainland by a body of water there. And so that that gives you a picture of the city. And it was a very powerful city, a very powerful naval uh, force, a, a, a naval power. And so maybe that gives you a little bit of a hint as to why it took two separate emperors to fulfill Ezekiel's prophecy. But it is fulfilled even to this day. Uh, literally, I actually literally, in the chapter uh, 26 of, e- of Ezekiel, he talks about how the city is going to be utterly destroyed, not one stone left atop another, and that that it would be used as uh, a place for fishermen to dry their nets. That would all be used for in the future. And uh, it wasn't too many years ago, five to ten years ago, I remember someone traveling in that area sent me a postcard from the city of Tyre, and that's all that's left. And they and it just showed uh, fishing fishermen who hung their nets out over the the stones and the former walls and stones of Tyre they they were using it as a place to dry and clean their nets which which is exactly what Ezekiel said hundreds and hundreds of years before very interesting passage but so what are the two who were the two uh emperors that God used to destroy Tyre and, and fulfill Ezekiel's prophecy let me see what else. We talked about Satan. From uh, What does the name Ezekiel mean? If you'd like to call and answer that question. Again, though, that's not a question that it's right there in the passage. It's one that you would have to know a little bit, perhaps, of uh, of uh, Hebrew. So let's, let's uh, leave you with that. I'll bring up another question in just a moment. But right now, let's go to... Line one here and pick up. Dave is on the line. How are you doing tonight, Dave? Oh, good evening, Sophie. Yeah, I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for asking. Good to hear from you. And uh, uh, all good. Wasn't this a gorgeous day in South Texas? I mean, to tell you, it looks like we're, I mean, our weather has almost become perfect. We had a great wet summer. It wasn't overly, yeah, it got a little hot and all, but summertime in South Texas. But beautiful green city. And then all of a sudden, it looks like we almost have a real autumn. <laughs> it looks like we're always yeah, having another tonight. season. Yeah, sure it is. <laughs> we don't use Yeah, gorgeous, uh, low humidity. Uh, in fact, took the dog for a walk this evening. Beautiful night sky. Oh, yes, I love that. And, uh, yeah, get to see a starry host out there. Yeah, usually we only have two seasons. Really hot and not so hot. <laughs> but now we're yeah, getting a nice cool evening, and uh, it's great. I, I'm thanking the Lord. Yeah, in fact, I heard it another way. I heard it. That we have uh, summer, then we have Christmas. 
Turns out Texas. Yeah, exactly. Just kind of a little bit of a season. Uh, maybe we have what two or maybe a week of really cold weather, and, uh, and every now and then. But anyway, uh, it's a beautiful day. We can thank the Lord for that. Well, what's on your mind? Did you want to answer a question, or maybe you have a thought of your own that you want to talk about or share? Oh yeah, um, Psalm, Psalm twenty-one. Yeah, among my favorite. Yeah, so um, my version reads different than yours, but uh, I'm reading from the New American Standard. Which psalm is it? So that one talk. Oh, pardon me? Which psalm are you talking about? Oh, I'm talking about Psalm 121. Oh, good. I like that one. Yeah. Okay, so uh, that, uh, what verse were you, were you referring to? Verse 4. Were you referring to any particular says, oh, verse 4? Verse 4 says, God okay. never gets tired, and then it mentions something else that God never does. Oh, yeah, right. Um, yeah, my, my version reads, uh, um, the Lord will neither slumber nor sleep. But, but that's my version. I, um, is oh, that's I see the slumber. That we're they're they're using slumber like uh, getting tired or growing tired. Yeah, that's right. But you're right. God never gets tired, and he never sleeps, which I don't know. Maybe it's a silly thing to bring up, but it's a remarkable idea. Uh, we can hardly We can hardly imagine uh, as human beings, uh, we can hardly imagine a being that actually does never needs to re- restore, never needs to recharge its batteries, never needs to. Uh, God never slumbers, no, nor does He sleep. Uh, it's a it's a remarkable thought. I was talking to a group of uh, airmen. I do. Uh, my wife and I are privileged to uh, direct all of the Protestant religious education classes at Lackland Air Force Base for the basic trainees that are going into the Air Force. And it was just a great, wonderful time, a couple of thousand of these young men and women every Sunday morning. And, and we, we talk a little bit about, you know, God, the God of the Bible, and, and uh, the idea that even uh, in the class I was teaching, we talk about the fact that even while we're sleeping, God is at work in our psyche, in our mental and emotional life, and that dimension of our life, in our soul, that he is at work restoring, healing uh, you know, through dreams and that sort of thing. Uh, it seems like there's there's something that God is the great psychoanalyst, he's the great psych- healing psychologist, that he works to he- bring healing uh, to our lives. And and uh, we, we discussed that a little bit today. Uh, made an interesting... I didn't think of this verse, uh, God neither sleeps nor slumbers, but uh, the fact that we do sleep, but even when we're asleep, God is still working on us. He's still transforming and healing and molding and shaping our lives. I, I, I love to think of the, the the extent of God's commitment to us as his people, not just to forgive us, but also to restore us and heal us and transform our lives. It's a, it's a part of the salvation message that sometimes we don't emphasize. We emphasize so much the cross and the, and the, the, the justification. We've been freed from the penalty of sin but we don't emphasize so much sometimes how God is is in the present tense. He is delivering us and and freeing us from the power of sin over our lives. And I like I like that emphasis. I guess it's a part of salvation called sanctification that we uh, uh, that we, we don't talk about nearly as much. But we really ought to. It's an important aspect. Uh, that yeah, that's right. Yeah, well said. You know, certainly does speak about the Lord's concern in our lives. And I think of uh, as opposed to. But oh, I kind of think of the um, was it Elijah when he had his opponents there, and he asked them to call upon their god, their false god. Oh, Mount Carmel, and of course, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's right, Mount Carmel, and <laughs> that false god wouldn't answer. 
<laughs> he actually mocked them by saying, That's where's right. your God? Is he asleep? He must be asleep. <laughs> or perhaps right. he went on a wrong journey. <laughs> yeah, I, think, <laughs> but, but I, I hope our listeners remember that story. That's very good. He actually mocked him in a second way. He said, perhaps your God is asleep. He said, or, and he actually got a little, not not vulgar or anything, but he actually said, or maybe he's gone to the bathroom. You know, so even. Yeah, even, good point. Maybe your God is uh uh, 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 unavailable right now for for that reason. Well, that's that's a very good thought. Well, you've answered a great question, and uh, if you have anything else to share, we're glad to hear it. But I wanted you to know that you have also won a right to be a winner of a year's subscription to Biblical Archaeology Review. Uh, would you be interested in that, Dave? Would sure. Oh, yeah, of course I would. Yeah, I'd be silly to say no to that. Oh, it's a great what a blessing that is. You really enjoy it, and uh, if you want to hang on. Uh, I'm going to turn when we hang up here. Don't don't hang up yourself, but John will get the information from you, and they'll be mailing the uh, Biblical Archaeology Review magazine to you. It's a journal. I think it's quarterly or every two months, I, I believe, but I believe it's quarterly. It's a quarterly journal. Okay, yeah, very good. Well, thank you so much. Appreciate I'm that. glad you called in. And anything else on your mind, or which go ahead and get that information from you? No, what well, I think about this um, this passage here. Uh, great passage that's a reminder that the lord is uh, always with us yeah, he never leaves us never uh leaves us hanging but he's always there for us concerned with us in fact uh, this one here could be considered uh maybe the traveler's song of course we know some travelers rely on maybe some uh superstitions maybe some icons some uh-huh. symbols whatever the case is that they take with them but you know what this one here when the word of god tells us you know what we can take god along with us anywhere we want and he's going to be there Oh, with and, us, care of us. and interestingly enough, that's actually one of the great themes of Ezekiel, uh, because e- Ezekiel is preaching over in Babylon, and he's trying to tell the people of Israel there that in exile, even, you, you know, God is still here with us here. You don't have to be in Israel and at the temple. You know, God is everywhere present with us, you know, the omnipresence of God, and that he's with us. And that's part of the uh, meaning of the, the vision of the, the wheel within the wheel. That God is everywhere. He's with us here as well. So that's one of the great messages that Ezekiel was trying to get over to the people there. That uh, they were kind of used to the idea that you only meet God. You have to go to church. You know, you got to go to the temple. And he's saying, no, God is with you everywhere. And uh, it's it's a you're right. It's a great, encouraging, wonderful message. Well, listen, I'll let you go then. Let me uh, put you on hold. And you talk to uh, John and uh, give him that information. And we'll get that copy of the Biblical Archaeology Review sure. to you. All right? Well, thank you very much, sir. So it pleasure talking to you. God bless you, the brother. Same to you, my friend. Good talk to you. Uh, so John's going to get that information from Dave. You can give us a call just as easily. Answer one of these questions. We have, we can talk about it. In the, uh, John, very interesting. Uh, obviously a guy who loves the Word. He's spent time in the Scriptures, and he's he's got some real good thoughts for us tonight. You can do the same thing. Give us a call, 340 340- Ninety-five, eighty-five. I'm still looking for the name of the two emperors. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you one of the emperors. I'm going to give you his name. And uh, then I'll let you try to give me the name of the second emperor that finished off the destruction of the city of Tyre. The first emperor was Nebuchadnezzar, Mino Nebuchadnezzar of the uh, Babylonian Empire. It was a 15-year siege of Tyre from 586 to to 571 B.C., and he destroyed the 
uh, part of Tyre that was on the mainland. But it was left to another great emperor, another great dictator, to destroy Tyre that it would never be rebuilt. Can you tell me who that dictator, who that emperor was? 340-9585. 340-9585. We'll be right back. Don't go away. What up in the morning when I wake up, even before I fill my coffee cup, I said, thank you, thank you. What if I looked at the day and the hours ahead, and before I move forward, I bowed my head and said, thank you. You're listening to the Bible Live with Soapy Dog. In a different way, took a little more time to stop and pray. I know we would change all the moments in between. So here I go. Thank you for everything. Thank you Welcome back, everyone, to the program. This is the last segment of the Bible Live program here on Sunday evening. Talk about all things biblical, whatever your background, uh, whatever your denomination or church or none, no background, no church, just maybe an interest in this old book, this book that has, um, w- without any hesitation, uh, no matter what you think of it, or whether you believe it or not, it's, this book has had a remarkable, remarkable impact on the world history for, for thousands of years, and now, of course, even in our own nation, uh, it has had a remarkable impact in the founding and the development, the growth of uh, this these United States of America. And uh, part of the problems and difficulties we are going through right now seem to be uh, a result of the of moving away from our trust in and our reliance upon the wisdom and the guidance of this old book we call the Bible. Sixty six different books written over a period of 1,400 years um, by about 40 different authors, all different times, all different situations, all, uh, oh, just, it's, it's amazing the differences, of different languages, cultures, uh, historical times of peace, times of war, times of plenty, times of scarcity. Uh, sometimes there were the authors where, were kings and 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 princes, very educated prophets, preachers, and then there were farmers and there were fishermen and, and normal common folk. Uh, very very amazing. But there's this there's this consistency of message about wow, just hundreds of of uh, controversial topics that you would you know you you couldn't find uh, five people in the room who would agree on them anyway. But now over a period of of uh, like I said, fourteen hundred years, these different times, different peoples, there's this this amazing, miraculous, really, supernatural consistency in terms of its message about God, about God's uh plan, God's purpose for our for the human race, his dealings with human beings and so on. This remarkable consistency of message. Uh it's one of the reasons we believe it, not only to be uh accurate and reliable, but also to be supernatural in source. That it comes from God himself. That's one, just one of the the factors that you could study about in the scriptures and, and come to have this incredible respect for uh, the word, the the book itself. Again, not just as literature, but as actually it looks like God stepped into time and space and he actually did speak and involve himself in the lives of men and women, individuals, couples, married couples, families, uh, people groups, entire people groups, and that he has indeed revealed himself 
and revealed his plan, uh, his redemptive plan for humanity, how that we can be made right with God and, and have a confident, secure relationship with God that serves each of us individually and that and it transforms uh, the, the quality of our life here on planet Earth and prepares us even for eternity. What might, what, uh, what awaits beyond the grave or beyond uh, when Messiah returns? What what ultimately awaits us as God's people? So that's that's the uh, the message, the tremendous message of this book called the Bible. And we're talking about all things biblical. If you'd like to give us a call, talk about it, ask a question about it, maybe answer some of our questions. We are giving away a free subscription. An, an annual, a year-long subscriptions to a tremendous biblical journal. If you're a student of the Bible, maybe uh, if, if you are a student of the Bible, or maybe you'd like to give it as a gift to your pastor. That might be a great idea. Uh, to If you know someone who's studying uh, the Bible or your pastor, maybe a student. Uh, maybe you know someone who's an archaeology student and he would like to have it. It would really benefit him in his studies. Uh, you can uh, gift it, as you will, to someone that you'd like to give it to. So um, anyway, you can give us a call, answer some of our questions that we have out on the airways for you tonight from the Psalms and from uh, the book of Ezekiel. That's the book we've kind of been looking at and reading together over this past week. 340-9585 is the phone number. 340-9585. We've got, I guess we've had, what, uh, three winners? Uh, did we already... Sp- we already got. We don't have anyone pending, do we? Okay, and I think it's Bob, isn't it? Let me get over to Bob real quick, then. Uh, Bob, let's go visit with you right off the bat. Bob is calling in. I hope you, maybe we can make you a winner on the program, and hopefully, if you'd like, a winner of one of these free subscriptions to Biblical Archaeology Review. How you doing, Bob? Hi, sir. Uh, I'm doing good. good uh, I, uh, I suppose I could take the, the subscription and give it to a friend. I, I used to be a subscriber. Uh, Did you? I really? found that, yes, sir, I was a, a subscriber for several years, I think in the 1990s. I found it to be a little bit, uh, I mean, it's very scholarly, uh-huh. but I found it to be, a, as, as what happens when you get into scholarship, a lot of times, uh, they actually are a little bit detrimental to the faith at times. Yeah, yeah. But uh, a little bit doubting, shall we say. But then, as I said, uh, we shall inquire at his temple. Uh, the temple is, uh, you know, his throne is a place to ask these questions. And uh, even if they may engender doubts, I, I try to be more of a man of faith than that. You bet. But, I, uh, I, I'm glad you said that, really. I, I, in fact, I, I needed to point that out myself. The the uh, Biblical Archaeology Review, they're not a faith-based uh, organization, uh, they're truly, but they, they try to be truly, you know, factual. And, and to yes. be honest, I don't think we as believers, we don't really have... I, I I have so much confidence uh, in in the uh, Bible, and not just because I'm sort of a stubborn so and so, but because you know the Bible has proved itself so often. There's so much uh, support for its integrity, its accuracy, its faithfulness in terms of its transmission to us, and in terms of its uh, supernatural sourcing that, that it it has a solid foundation, and so I. I'm not too worried about 
you know, certain <laughs> art. I've, I've looked at a couple today even that uh, a couple articles. That it looks like they're questioning, you know, well, maybe this, maybe. Uh, particularly some of the linguistic aspects um liable. <laughs> you know, the, the, there may have been more languages. And it, I don't, you know, some of those things that come up. There's a whole movement called higher criticism that came out of Germany mm-hmm. in the last century. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they they tend to take it kind of, because they deny the supernatural. And if you start off mm-hmm. with the a priori, if you start off with the with the assumption that the supernatural does not exist, then of course you're going to, <laughs> you're going to have a whole mm-hmm. lot of explaining to do, right? I mean, when you look at the Bible, mm-hmm. but uh, the point the point is is that they started off with that idea that. The supernatural doesn't happen. There is no, so they have mm-hmm. to bend. They have to stretch a lot of things because they can't accept the fact that well, God stepped into time and space and made things happen. But anyway, I'm glad you mentioned it, Bob. That that it's it's uh, you know, to, uh, to be honest, it's a it's a scholarly review. There's some great articles and things, but there will be some things that make you go. Oh, okay. They have to learn. <laughs> so mm-hmm. we just pray for There's them. There's a tendency. There's a tendency in scholarship and just in, in any uh, endeavor uh-huh. uh, to, towards condescension. The higher you rise, you you kind of begin to look down on the, the other on other people who don't see things just the way you do. Right, and uh, it, it's just a pitfall of life. Oh, yeah. And when we can we can guard against it both if we begin to climb up or if somebody is climbing up above us and trying to. Uh, take us in a bad direction, yeah. uh, you know. But anyway, uh, I, I went to Brukashen tonight. I, I got there late. Uh, we we uh, began the holy day of um, Rosh Hashanah, yeah. uh, Rosh Hashanah uh, the, the day of trumpets, and uh, it's it's the day that starts up off the Shemitah counts and all that, uh-huh. and uh, the Jubilee counts, etc. And uh, anyway. Um, I saw, but I got there late because I went out to watch the new moon, which I uh, which I did see, and maybe you saw it out there where you guys were, uh, if, if you guys were outside. Mm-hmm. Huge. And uh, so that that's what that's what designates the day. Actually, uh-huh. uh, the Jewish calendar is basically a, a calculation in in the diaspora to uh, more or less approximate that that sighting of the new moon, which you and I did tonight. Did you do you understand the the uh, calendar the fifty five seventy seven designation and all? Uh, I, I actually wanted to call uh, Jacob about that, yeah. and Jacob's not here. Jacob's He's not, not here tonight. tonight. I, I, you've been having a contest, so I've been putting that call off. <laughs> um, you 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 have uh, uh, been been mentioning the five eighty six year uh, 586 BC and and uh, there's a school in uh, the Jewish thought that says it's really 423 but I, I wanted to uh, press Jacob's mind on that because it could be that uh, I'm wondering if uh, the Rabbi Akiva he, he's the one who wanted to uh, I believe he's the one who wanted to make uh, Shimon Bar Kokhba the, the Simon the the star, son of the star the the Messiah. Yes, he, he wanted to make him the Messiah, and uh, so uh, at any rate, he. Um, You're still on. He uh, 
uh, may have uh, sort of doctored with the dates to try and make it uh, fulfilled Daniel's prophecy. Huh. Uh-huh. Uh, so Daniel had 490 years in there, uh, and he may have doctored with the dates, yeah, and the that 70, may have something 70, to do uh, with the 5777. Yeah, uh, but uh, uh, there's a, you can trail, you can go from Adam, and you can you go through down a trail of years, and then you kind of lose it, and then you got to pick it up again. So I, I think it's kind of nebulous. Uh, the, the 5777 is kind of nebulous, but it's a guide. But I, I sometimes look at if, if it's going to be 6,000 years till Messiah, uh, I, I sometimes think they might, they might be about right on because um, I just don't see the people as being as wicked as the days of Noah. Not yet. It's like I told a security guard the other day, I'm so glad we don't have a lot of the stuff that's going on in Charlotte. We don't seem to have it in our city. Yeah. And and uh, he goes, so far. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Well, we got to be optimistic. You know what? We are so, I, I have to say, uh, I, 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 my experience, and it's not that I'm a know-it-all, but it looks like... San Antonio is really blessed. There's, there have been some intercessors, some really faithful, and they're not. You don't know their names. They're not. They're not people. They're famous people, well-known people, and so on. But they are. They are faithful, solid people who pray for our city uh, over the years. And I've, I've known about thirty to maybe thirty to fifty of them. Is it? And they they work hard in in prayer. And uh, it, it is very. I think that they are part of the reason we see a lot of blessing on our city and our state. Uh, our mayor right now happens to be a woman that seems to truly love God and honor God. I'm not taking a political stance there. I'm just saying she's a sincere follower of Jesus Christ, and uh, that's that's a that's a a blessing. And people they're having they're getting together for prayer time and luncheons and so on to pray for our, oh, our yeah. city council and others and some good things mm-hmm. happening in our city, even though mm-hmm. in our, in our nation at large, it looks kind of crazy, but uh, we have yeah. been blessed. We have been blessed. Mm-hmm. Okay. The, uh, the city was founded uh, by some uh, Sephardic Jews who came through uh, the uh, Canary Islands. And I believe we've been blessed in that regard. I think we've also been blessed with Pastor Hagee with his strong support of uh, the state of Israel and the Jewish people. Uh, I, I think that this is, this has served our city well, even though I, I don't agree with all his doctrines at all, but, uh, uh, yeah. I, I think he's helped the city uh, be blessed because if, if you bless, uh, Abraham's children, uh-huh. y- you will be blessed. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you about John being a blessing to the city. Uh, and I'll be honest that a lot, we are blessed with some really great, the great Community Bible Church, the great First Baptist Church San Antonio downtown, the great uh, First Presbyterian downtown. We, mm-hmm. We've got a, yeah. we've got some really a lot. Right. I wish I would add and start naming names because uh, I'm going right. to leave somebody out. But they're large mm-hmm. and small. Right. There are some really wonderful mm-hmm. congregations. Well, you look at you look at the program that you went to tonight. That that see that actually links up with the Yomim Noraim, the days of awe. Yes. Those ten days that you uh, guys are doing. Exactly. See, that's because you guys are searching a little bit, and you have a, 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 a some something in your heart that's trying to find the truth, uh, that's not satisfied with what you have, and it's, it's that kind of thing is how we we are blessed sometimes. Yeah, I agree with you. There seems to be a little bit of 
today it may be the hardships and the confusion and the chaos that we see in our society at large, culturally and all. Maybe that is causing us to dig deeper and to not just be content with you know uh, the the status quo, but say, God, we really need you to move in our land and with our people and. It, it, well, you a, know, it says it a great time of prayer. You would have really enjoyed it, Bob. It, for sure. Yes, sir. It says that you'll lose him, but uh, and you'll be scattered to the four winds of the of the world earth. But then, when you search after him with all your hearts, you shall find him. You know, I know. It's funny. This thing, is an are you talking about in uh, in the dedication of the temple with Solomon? Well, this is in Exodus, I believe. Okay. He says, you, you are, he said, y'all are going to be scattered to the four winds, and then after you search for him with all your heart, you'll find him, find him again. And and, and but, Solomon actually brings up the same concept in the, his uh, his dedicatory address at the when the temple is yes. And he ta- and I, I mentioned that in fact at our gathering tonight in, in my little comments. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're right. Uh, sometimes it's in mm-hmm. the duress and it's in the struggle. Uh, even even sometimes in failure, when we're able to pick ourselves up and say we we need to get back to God, and uh, I'm it's hoping a, that's part of maybe something that's happening in our land at large. I don't know; mm-hmm. it's hard to tell. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how you uh, read the current. Well, social I, I kind of like Jonathan Kahn's parallel to uh, uh, George Washington's uh, swearing in yeah. uh, inaugural inaugural uh, re- relating it to Solomon's uh, prayer. Yeah. At the temple where he got on that platform, I believe he even kneeled on the platform, which Jacob has pointed out that's extremely unusual. Yes, yeah. And and uh, but anyway, uh, Ezekiel means the strength of Elohim, and uh, exactly it's right. it's kind of similar. It's kind of similar to Hezekiah, which Hezekiah means the strength uh, Yahweh will strengthen or the strength of Yahweh. Uh-huh. Uh But uh, anyway, it's the same uh, linguistically. But a little different twist. God is strong, uh, or God strengthens. That's the gen- the general. Yes, gender. yes, the strength of God. Well, very he good. Was a priest. Thank you for he was, he was apparently a Levite, Ezekiel, uh, Ezekiel, as we, as we say in Hebrew. Uh, he was apparently a Levite and um, a priest. Ah, yeah. Uh, I didn't know that. I should have known that. Yes, but that's an interesting thing to remember. Um, and. Uh, so uh, you, you might check that out. Uh, one other but, thing. Uh, Do you happen to know that second emperor that contributed to the destruction of Tyre? I've already given the hint that uh, Nebuchadnezzar mm, was first. It took him a 50-year... I'm, 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 uh, I'm wondering if it's one of the Caesars or, or uh, no, perhaps... No, uh, he predates the Caesars. Uh, or, or, or perhaps uh, Alexander... Uh, Alexander uh, the Great. <laughs> mm, <laughs> Good. Uh, well, I gave you a little bit of a hint there, but you... We're on the right track. Yeah. Alexander the Great in 332 B.C., he's the one who finished the job. They took the stones that Nebuchadnezzar had destroyed from the uh, from the mainland Tyre. They took those stones and they tossed them out into the sea and they built a, used them yeah. to build a bridge over to yes. the island. And then they crossed over and destroyed the island part of Tyre. Yes. And it has never been rebuilt, just like Nebuchadnezzar said. Yes. And the and the mm-hmm. uh, shore is now used as a place for fishermen mm-hmm. to dry their nets. It's <laughs> it's a remarkable yep. prophecy. Just as, mm-hmm. of course, the Bible is full mm-hmm. of those, you know. But uh, it, mm-hmm. God caused it to happen. Uh, exactly right. You know, Napoleon Napoleon tried to uh, come over and invaded Akko after he had success in Egypt, and he wanted to put he had a Sanhedrin in Paris. And he wanted to install it at Jerusalem, but it didn't work out. 
uh, and uh, but it's one of those things that didn't work out. But there's a scholarly book right now that says Christopher Columbus wanted to go and find gold to take it back to the throne, so they would have another crusade and take take Jerusalem. Huh. But it's it's been a long dream of of Europeans to uh, get back to Jerusalem and sort of liberate it, shall we say? But uh, right now Israel has sort of done that. Although Obama. He struck the word Israel out of his press release uh, about oh. the, his, his speech at the, at the funeral of uh, Shimon Peres. Uh, he, he struck the word Israel from 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 the from the uh, heading. It is so hard to figure out this individual, uh, this Mr. Obama, mm-hmm. without mm-hmm. coming to the conclusion. I, I I have no earthly idea on what basis we think that this man is a Christian, and I'm, and I'm not trying to be judgmental of his relationship to God so much as I'm just looking at, there's nothing, no decisions he makes, no, there's no indication whatsoever of a, of a, a if he shows an indication of a real following, of a real loyalty, of a real devotion, it seems to be all things Islamic. Um, wow, I, I, it's really been puzzling for us as we, if we look at his life, you know, what he, Maybe he's just getting started. He's only in his mid fifties. <laughs> That's well, that is true. He's still a young man. Of course, he's he's gotten a few gray hairs for these eight years. I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He needs to. Uh, he needs to get some of Hillary's hair coloring. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a different well, shade, I would think. Thank you for calling, Bob. Good to t- hear. Thank from you, sir. God bless you. Good to hear from Bob as always. He's got a uh, lots of background and a serious. Student of the Word, of the Scriptures, and some uh, interesting takes on on many of those passages. Well, you can give us a call as well. We're coming down to the final, what, five or six minutes of our our broadcast. But if you'd like to get on the line, maybe you'd like to be our last winner of the free subscription, an annual subscription to Biblical Archaeology Review. And if you can answer one of the questions we still got out there or... Or I can ask you another question. Or maybe you can come up with a question or a thought on your own. We'll be glad to give you a reward um, of of a subscription to the Biblical Archaeology Review. We've got a listener out there, so I think I'll go right ahead. Uh, Jay was actually on the line earlier, and we didn't get to him. Appreciate your calling back, Jay. I really do. Thank you. <laughs> certainly, certainly. Well, I, I just want to say... Uh I met you uh, probably about 10 years ago at a men's retreat. You were one of the speakers, and uh, I really appreciate it back then and enjoyed uh, getting to know you. And, and I just want to thank you for your ministry on the radio here. Awesome. Um, Jay. Thanks. I appreciate just it. Certainly. I, uh, you're doing a great thing. I, I, something you mentioned uh, a little while ago in the, in the broadcast about, uh, you know, the Bible being inspired but written by, uh, different types of people mm-hmm. over all those years, and and uh, one thing that kind of occur uh, uh, came to mind to me a few weeks ago was, uh, you know, as, as we have problems and health issues and things like that, but uh, Paul had, you know, Paul was in prison, and and if he had not been in prison, uh, he would have gone to visit these cities that he wrote to right and if he'd have just visited with those cities he wouldn't it you know he wouldn't have written down the letters we wouldn't have had uh those in our bible so his uh problems he went through really had a purpose 
That's so interesting. I, it's such a simple point that a mm-hmm. lot of us we probably have we just we get lost in just the facts of the situation. But the, God used the fact that He actually had uh, illnesses at time and difficulties with the law. Mm-hmm. Remember, He got arrested, thrown in j- jail and prison. But God used yep. those particular things. That's the reason He had to write letters, and that's the reason mm-hmm. that we have these these letters that yep. we. There's- Oh, Half of the New thought. Testament, pretty much. Yeah. A great well, very good. observation. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why. I've never heard anyone, I don't know, maybe a seminary professor or two somewhere along the line, but uh, <laughs> not, not often do people come up with such a simple, straightforward thing that you go, yeah, that's right. It's amazing, isn't it? Well, thank you for calling. Uh, Can I give you, a, uh, award you with a, a copy of the Biblical Archaeology Review? Would it be something that you'd be interested in? Well, certainly. I, well, certainly. I would enjoy that a lot. Well, Jay, if you could hang on the line, John's going to take mm-hmm. down the information from you so we can send you that. It'll be a year subscription, and I hope you find it wonderful. edifying and helpful. Uh, That'd be wonderful. As Bob was saying, they're not faith-based. Um, there may be things in there at times that they, they're still struggling with stuff, too, you know, and they're discovering things. But uh, sooner or later, mm-hmm. it seems like in all of those cases, they come around to, hey, the book is right. The book is reliable. There you are. Hang in there, friend. Oh. Don't, don't go away now. Sure. John's going to get that information from you. Well, there's our music. We're ending up right on time. Miss Jacob a lot tonight. Always enjoy his comments. He would have added to our conversation. He'll be back next week, and you can join us again for the Bible Live, the quiz show here at KSLR. We look forward to seeing you next week. Bye-bye. Have a great one. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture and is brought to you by Crew Military Ministry mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live weeknights at 930 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and the Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help crew military minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world.